At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson, founder and executive director of the Commonwealth Policy Center. LGBT identity is one of the hottest and most controversial issues today. Transgenderism is going mainstream. A Supreme Court nominee refused to define what a woman is on the Senate committee hearing recently. In fact, it's mainstream thinking today to say that if if you believe that homosexuality is a sin and a choice, you're being downright hateful. Joining us on the program today to talk about these issues and to unpack these issues in a biblical and a loving way is Ken Williams, who's the co-founder of Equipped to Love, a ministry to those impacted by homosexuality. He's also an author, lecturer, minister, and also the founder of Moral Revolution. Ken, welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. Thanks so much. Appreciate being here, Richard. One reason I wanted to invite you onto the program is because you are located in one of the more liberal states, perhaps the most liberal state in the nation. You're in California. And when we think of those states being on the forefront of LGBT rights, if we could put them that way, California's right there. And yet, you're going against the mainstream in many ways. And I wanted to hear your perspective of what's happening in California, um, what it's like to minister there. It just seems so difficult. Here we are. I'm in Kentucky. You're in California. It just seems like your challenges are so much greater than what we face here uh, in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. I mean, is it? And I guess hold that thought. That's the reason why I wanted to have you on. But you have a story. Let's begin with that. Your story. You identified as LGBT at a very young age. You were exposed to hardcore pornography at a very young age, and you were abused, I believe, as an eight-year-old, and you struggled with LGBT identity early on. Tell us briefly, pick up from there, and tell us your story and how you eventually found a way out. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was an absence of an understanding of self, and it was manifesting as a teen sexually. So, you know, I was I was grappling for to find myself. And one of the most pleasurable things we can experience as humans would be just sorry to just be frank is an orgasm like that. That's a a, a real potent way to feel good. And so when you're when you're like me, a teen, and you don't know who you are, and um, you for me, I had pushed my masculinity away because I didn't esteem masculinity, which happened in my childhood. Um, then you know, and, and because I had been touched inappropriately, like you mentioned, as a child, then my efforts to find self got sexualized and my understanding of masculinity had gotten sexualized and felt other than me. So all of these ha- things happened in my formation as a young person um, to have me sexualize masculinity. And, and then do you see how it's, I mean, I, I can back up and say a little bit more about what really happened, but um, some people are going to call that um, a benefit to be able to have sex and get that fulfillment. And of course, I, I've been married for almost 16 years to my wife. I enjoy sex. That's a, that is a huge benefit in life. 
it also is not, in my opinion, the healthiest way to find me. Like I'm not looking for myself and my wife. I'm hopefully giving to my wife out of my overflow. And, and one of the ways we do that is sexually. That's very different than what I was experiencing. And so is it difficult ministering in California and do, you know, doing this type of ministry here? Sure, but I'm, I'm doing it out of an understanding of pain that people can be in. Uh, that this people group, people who are finding identity in LGBTQ, I'm, I'm offering to them, hey, if you're in pain, you're welcome to chat with me. I, I don't need you to talk with me. I don't need you to see things my way. But if you're in pain, we're happy to talk with you because I would love to know that you are living out of a deepest version of yourself. I'd like, I'd like to know that you are at peace you know, by and large through your life, instead of trying to find peace in another person. Um, that, that, that's just some of the thoughts that I have here starting out with you, Richard. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So you had a journey. I know you grew up in church and I probably should have just let you explain your, your story, but we're, we're limited with time and uh, maybe I, I should have let you start out. But but you're, you grew up in church. You were a believer at a very young age, and yet you were sexually abused. You're exposed to hardcore pornography, abused, and you, uh, your identity was, um, was damaged. Your true self, your true how God made you was damaged. It was vi- you were violated, to put it simply. But you found a way out. I'm, I'm wondering, you felt like there was no hope. Tell us that point where you felt there was no hope, and what was the turning point in your life? This is not every situation with someone experiencing homosexual feelings, but mine was um, feeling like I did not own my own masculinity. And, th- and, and think about the implications of that. That means I don't feel like I fit with the other males. And so I think that there are the stereotypes that we have for masculinity and femininity are in some ways beneficial and in some ways they are inaccurate and and can be unhelpful or painful for people because i had thrown off my own masculinity or i had really canceled masculinity as because of being touched inappropriately because of seeing the way that men were treating each other in the hardcore gay porn that i witnessed i canceled masculinity i thought this is not godly this is not noble i don't understand why a person would treat another person that way The women that are around me are much better than that. They seem much more godly. I don't understand why a man would do this. And so I canceled it. So that makes me feel alienated from my own people. Mm -hmm. Like, because the fact of the matter is, I do have XY chromosomes. I am male. I have male genitalia. I'm, I'm a male body. And so for me to feel like I cannot relate to all the other males or that they don't have a place for me, I don't belong among them. It was a problem for me. Um, do you see that this is deeper than just my faith mandates that I have to do or, or be something? I, I did not feel like I belonged in society. And I wanted to belong. I wanted to experience feelings of belonging. And so I, I partnered that with my faith and a conviction. Like it, I wasn't just following rules. I believed that Jesus is real and that he wanted a relationship with me, and that my best life was from following him. So I had this whole inner conflict going on, and you can't resolve it by just saying, Ken, you're fine the way you are. I wasn't fine the way I was. 
no amount of outside influence was going to make me okay. I needed to be able to go to a counselor and to go to ministers and say, this is all of what I feel is the mess that is me. Can you love this? And can you give me tools or help for me to find the deepest me? Because I don't know what that is. Um, This is this is all the reality that goes on in many people's lives that can't be fixed from the outside. So we so, you know, in California, one of the things our ministry got involved in years ago was when in 2018 they tried to ban conversion therapy, which is a whole mixed bag right there. They throw everything, including the kitchen sink in with that term. So everything from talk therapy to peer counseling, all that stuff, including electroshock therapy or torture would all be lumped in there together and tried to ban the whole thing, um, which takes away rights from people like me, you know, who are would just seeking peace. I was just seeking peace. And to take away my ability to go and meet with a, a, a therapist and for that therapist to hold out hope for me to um, to explore who I really am with all the options open, um, is harmful. Did that bill pass, by the way, so-called conversion therapy in California? Miraculously, it did not. AB 2943 was withdrawn by the sponsor of the bill at the 11th hour. It, it, it had passed through all the committees. Uh, we testified in those committee hearings and uh, rallied people um, to come and testify against it. We, got, we gathered 30 different people with testimonies like mine on the Capitol steps. Uh, we're on, you know, broadcasted on Fox News and over social media and all this and printed a book to show the legislators of all the different friends of ours testimonies and all that. And miraculously, on the very last day, the sponsor of the bill withdrew it. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful to say uh, it did not become a law in California. Congratulations on that good work. And that's an issue of a deeper issue of freedom of speech, freedom for people to get help if they want to get help or to seek somebody else's perspective or counsel if if they so desire. But that really showed that the LGBT community or part of them, a part of the politically active part, would like to shut out voices or the ability for people who are struggling with same sex attraction or identities. It would shut them out from getting help, wouldn't it? Yes, it, it would. And that's what I mean, that's what America it was founded upon, right? It was our religious and, and speech freedoms. And that's what needs to be protected today. I have no interest in taking away people's freedom to live a gay life if that's what they want to do. But I'm advocating for don't take away my freedom to pursue what I believe brings me true freedom or true peace, right? True true fulfillment in life. If I if my convictions are that I want to leave an, a, a gay life behind and I want to follow what I believe my faith is calling me to, or just my own convictions, I should be able to get help with that. That's, that's what's at issue here with those conversion therapy type bands. It's, it's taking away autonomy from people, ability for them to determine their own course. That's good. Uh, of course, in Kentucky, there has been a anti-conversion therapy bill the last two legislative sessions. It hasn't moved anywhere, but it is um, gaining momentum as far as it has sponsors across the political spectrum. And I really do believe those uh, sponsors are well-intentioned. They really do think that there's something called this conversion therapy, which I believe it a straw man. I'm not familiar with 
therapy techniques, at least used in the Christian community, that are accepted and respectful forms of counseling that help somebody embrace their born sexual identity. But you and several others engaged the California legislature, testified in front of committees, in front of that committee considering it, and you were successful. Are, do you have words of wisdom for people when it comes to that point where this bill will move? And I do believe it's a matter of time, unless something dra- dramatically changes. I think that Kentucky will be addressing that. Do you have words of wisdom when addressing such a hot topic like this? I think your approach that you've just kind of intimated at is so good. I mean, we we have to assume that the people even that are trying to pass these types of laws, that they're not trying to harm people. They're actually probably trying to help people. And you know what? I mean, LGBTQ identified people have been really marginalized. You know, I mean, when I was in the 1980s, late 80s, when I was grappling so hard with my sexuality, you know, I, I had a hard time finding any safe space where I could come and say, this is, these are my feelings. Am I still lovable? You know, I mean, I didn't ask, people by and large, they don't sign up for gay feelings. It's like you find yourself there. There are developmental issues there. Are m- much of the time, this is attachment issues. If you were talking in psychological terms um, and, and there are trauma, sexual, I mean, most of the people um, had some kind of physical or sexual abuse. Most. Culture tries to say, no, that no, I'm telling you, I know these people mostly, not always. There was abuse. And so we got to remember that when we're passing laws or we're advocating for anything with regard to this issue, we got to hold the people that are most effective at the center and, and, and realize what do they need. And, you know, it's I, I think it's your feeling and mine that a law is not going to fix this. But we do, as people, as as it, certainly Christians and churches, Christian communities, need to realize that this is a this is a marginalized people group, and there's real pain there. And so we've got to be ones who don't change what our convictions on what the Bible teaches or what God asks for our lives, but but we don't turn around and just like um, you know hit people over the head with the Bible or try to make them um, conform to what we think for them. We got to demonstrate Christ's love. Like we come near to them. We ask about them. Like we say, okay, so you, you, you know, you feel that you feel that you're a lesbian. Tell me about that. You know, um, when did you start having those feelings or have you are, have you always felt that way? Um, you know, what is God saying to you? What do you feel? What are your convictions in life? What do you like? We got to get to know these people and demonstrate love before we expect any kind of behavior to change. And I think that's how we're supposed to treat everybody. <laughs> no, no, Ken, that's good. We're, we're up on a hard break, but I want us to come back after the break and talk further about how the church can roll up its sleeves and engage this issue and real people in a, in a winsome way. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson here with Ken Williams. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, Richard Nelson here with the Commonwealth Policy Center. It's clear that the news media isn't always fair. In fact, there's lots of far-left bias and political gamesmanship. No surprise there. So if you're looking for a perspective that's grounded in the truth of Scripture and our nation's founding principles, then get plugged into CPC's resources. Sign up for our e-newsletter at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Commonwealth Policy Center. And we're on Twitter at CPC for Kentucky. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson here with Ken Williams. And Ken is in California. He is the co-founder of two 
ministries to the uh, LGBT community. At one point, he did identify as homosexual and actually practiced that lifestyle, but was really delivered um, by the grace of God. And now he is ministering to that community in California, perhaps the most difficult state to minister in. Ken, I think that one thing we need to consider when addressing this, and you pointed it out very well right before the break, uh, that there are real people that have real struggles. Um, People don't wish to have homosexual feelings or gender dysphoria uh, in their lives. But uh, that makes it important for us to care about them as people, as God's children, God's uh, people made in God's image who have inherent dignity and value. And it seems to me that it's difficult for the church to really um, to really open up and get involved with somebody's life. And I'm not suggesting for a moment that the church changes its principles and, and says to somebody, you're okay, stay in that lifestyle. That's just the way God made you. Um, but but it does seem very difficult for the conservative church in particular to minister to those struggling with same-sex attractions. And you were giving uh, some counsel as to, to what we need to do, but it, 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 share a little bit more as, as far as what churches can do. Let's say there's a Let's say there's a teenager uh, in the youth group that identifies as LGBT, shares with their youth pastor that they're LGBT, and what would be the next step for the church? How, how would the church respond in, the, in, the, in a way that honors God? Um, I think, you know, uh, quality time. You know, really, for ideally, there's that, that youth pastor that, was, that the person opened up to or some other really solid maybe parents within the church for them to be able to say, hey, you know, we, gosh, you know, you, you shared so deeply with us and it sounds like, wow, you have some really, really important things and things with a lot of feelings going on uh, in your life. And thank you so much for trusting us with that information. Thank you for opening up with something so private. And, you know, could we, could we kind of lean into you for a while? Could we, could really get to, get to know you and hear what's important to you? And um, maybe, you know, so in other words, we're not we're not focusing just on the sexual issue. We're focusing on the person, right? Because after all, Jesus is looking at the whole person, and and we are we are commissioned to give love to people regardless of whether they seem like they are meeting all of the criteria. I mean, I'm not meeting all the criteria, you know. And so we we start there, and we start with a relationship, and and then we. I mean, I don't know how many stories I have heard of people that accidentally left LGBT behind because they found a community that was really demonstrating Christ's love, not just having the scriptures that they talked about, but they were feeling the love and acceptance as a whole person from, from the, you know, from the Christian community. And let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, this is the second time you brought up community, maybe more than that. But does did the LGBT community accept you once as a teenager? You came out and began expressing yourself that way, identifying with that lifestyle. Is that what kept you there, drew you into it, that you were feeling accepted and community? It wasn't actually. I actually never was out in the of course. You know, I wasn't even aware as a as a teen that there even was an LGBT community yeah. back then, and I was not ever public with. Uh, with the identity, I was just struggling privately and acting out some with with a few, you know, of the boys around me. So, you know, I, but but I'll tell you what the one thing that that would I think typify the current LGBTQ community is that acceptance, right? Like, 
you can come in and you can have whatever flavor of sexual interest or identity and you're going to be welcomed in. They're celebrating really uniqueness and being different from the norm. Is that's being celebrated there. Which, you know, that I think that is different from Christianity because Christianity, we're supposed to be demonstrating love and I would say even unconditional love, but we also, as fellow believers, are calling each other higher toward the calling of Christ. And and we are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we are being, you know. We are finding we, we are finding deeper versions of ourselves through following Jesus. And and so there's change expected there. I'm, I've got a changed shirt on, you know. Um, change doesn't mean, oh, I never ever um, have any moment of temptation or anything that could have looked like my former self. It means I am not the same person I was. G- I'm on a journey with Jesus and he's changing me in all kinds of ways. And so, you know, I think we we have to realize that as the christian church we have to offer that same kind of acceptance that that a person could get from the lgbtq community um it's just that we're we're gonna you know i believe that the lord loves us as we are but he loves us too much to leave us there he always is wanting to um bring us more freedom more life uh more holiness and and it takes faith to believe that and then it takes faith to walk that out especially if we're dealing with addiction issues, whether it's sexual addiction or illicit drugs, what have you, uh, it takes faith. And Ken, thanks for bringing up the point that the, essentially you were saying that it is not that it's not going to be an immediate change. You snap your fingers and oh, Jesus just delivered me immediately from all these things. Sounds like a progression, uh, a day-to-day battle, a weekly, monthly, yearly battle towards sexual wholeness. Um, I, I, I want to add, and I, man, I just appreciate your um, vulnerability and your candor. You and I are talking about this issue because we care about what God would have for us as far as human thriving and flourishing. We're talking about this because we care for our neighbors. We're told that two great commands are to love God and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. And it's not because we're trying to beat people up or guilt them or put them down. We just, we believe that human beings are so precious that um, they're, they're worth uh, caring for and those who are struggling. Uh, and you minister to those who are struggling with this. T- tell us a little bit about, uh, about your ministry as you uh, counsel and, and minister to those um, struggling with homosexuality and their identity. Yeah, we work on equipping churches the church leadership to do that and then and just whoever comes to us like again we're we're not we don't advocate for and we don't try to change anybody out there or to get them to see things our way if they don't want to but we you know we have a hard time responding to all the people that are just come to us saying you know i feel like you do like i don't feel like god has called me to an lgbt lifestyle but these are these are struggles i'm having these are temptations i'm having and we just partner with them in what they are pursuing. And we really, I mean, I've never seen anybody experience any kind of transformation of sexual desires or arousal or identity by trying to change. I've never seen that. What I've seen is people that abandon themselves to like a, a, a sell out, you know, a total surrender to the Lord and like following him daily. And being in a community of people that are that are helping them um, see themselves the way that God sees them, 
and and are giving them grace for the moments when they when they uh, you know um, revert back to a, a way of living that they don't feel called to that whole environment there when there's that environment that, there that is helping that person experience God's love and helping them see themselves how God sees them then over time you know the Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds and so I, when you spend time with the Lord when you're focused on intimacy with Him and when well when you're focused on Him you, we start to see ourselves differently because we're made in his image. So the more I can see the Lord clearly, the more that that helps that that influences the way I even see myself and others. And so that's all we're doing. We are trying to help people experience and receive intimacy with from Jesus and then also from God flowing through the people around them. And that is where transformation can come from it's it's not by mind over matter mind over matter doesn't work with lgbt issues no that's good that's good ken we're running out of time but one question uh that i'd like to bring up are those ex lgbt or ex-gay ministry leaders who have come out and they've uh renounced their ministries uh, they've they have uh, criticized things like the counseling of those who are trying to change their identity i'm thinking of alan chambers of exodus uh, John Paul, who was at Focus on the Family, a number of significant leaders who, in fact, they just wrote an opinion piece not too long ago, some time ago, um, really condemning uh, those who are trying to help, and they would say convert, uh, those from LGBT identities. How do you respond to that? And one reason I bring this up is because the LGBT activist movement says, look, you really can't change. Here are people trying to minister to those uh, who identified as homosexual, and they were just simply suppressing their true identity, and now they're coming back to who they really are. How do you respond to something like that? I mean, first with compassion, I I hate that that has happened. Um, I I can hear, I feel like I hear in those statements from those two leaders that they, you know, there's obviously they've experienced a lot of pain, like a lot of pressure. I don't know. That sounds that sounds like a lot of turmoil there, and so I I don't like that for them. I think I would say, though, that please don't put your convictions onto me or onto all of these other people. Like if it feels that this is not who they are, like or that they're pressured into an idea they don't feel like is theirs. That's what we have to protect in America is religion, freedom of conscience. Right. But, you know, I have found my suicidal feelings left me when I found a therapist who would partner with what I was pursuing for my own identity. I never have been suicidal a moment after I found that safe place. So I was suicidal before. So we, you know, one size doesn't fit all. We can't put our convictions on someone else. At least we shouldn't. That's not what freedom is. And I'm telling you, there are thousands of people all around. I am connected to thousands of people who are on a, on a journey away from LGBT and are finding lots of fulfillment. I know hundreds personally. So these people are most of them are not like me waving a banner on behalf of others. They're going to live their lives and find, you know, build their own family. And um, it's it's an it's a it's an untruth that nobody leaves this that life successfully. That's absolutely untrue. Yeah. No, Ken, thank you. Thank you for sharing that and addressing that important point. We are out of time. Ken Williams, thank you so much for sharing with us. God bless you. Keep up the good work. God bless you, Richard. Appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, sir. 